welcome to Comfort and Growth, the podcast for people who are passionate about personal growth and productivity. And today I'm going to be sharing my journey to 200,000 followers and more uh, over the past one year. It's been a complete whirlwind of a journey. I never thought I would be an accidental social media influencer uh, because as you know, I have a day job which is very much about uh, running a leadership consultancy company. So I kind of stumbled into this social media thing quite accidentally, uh, accidentally on purpose. So what happened is my friend, my dear friend, Rachel Lim, co-founder of Love Bonito, who many of you know, is a very popular social media personality as well. And she has been doing it for a lot longer than me. So she approached me a couple of years ago, actually, to be on her very first Rage Reflex uh, workshop. And this was a year-end virtual workshop where for the first time she was um, inviting her community um, to come for an event that Greg and myself facilitated. It was a year-end reset and reboot and goal-setting journey. So I remember during that workshop, it was like I think like 500 or more people registered for that workshop in just a few minutes. And we were stunned by the number of people who were interested in personal growth and were so hungry for content about it. And at the end of that workshop, I asked people, oh, can you type in questions into the Zoom chat? And uh, to my surprise, it was like a waterfall. The questions were coming so thick and fast from the 500 or more people that were on the call that I couldn't even read them. It was like, you know, a teleprompter that was going too fast. So I kind of gave up and I said at the end of it, um, you know what, uh, why don't I share my Instagram account with all of you and you guys can ask me questions on my IG. And at the point of time, IG was just for me like a personal thing, sharing family photos, that sort of thing. And um, I didn't even know my IG address. So I gave them the wrong address. And some of them were saying, oh, I just tried to follow you and it was wrong. So it was kind of hilarious. So anyway, that was how I started becoming more active on Instagram at first. And uh, I got a few thousand followers, nothing huge, but it was like, you know, 5,000, 6,000 followers right after that collaboration with Rachel, which kind of says something about the power of collaborating with people as well, which I'm going to talk about later today. So after that, Rachel said, how about TikTok? You would do really well on TikTok because your content and your personality, it's so engaging. And at that point of time, I said, no, TikTok is for kids. It's like that place where people go to do dance moves and that sort of thing. And I wasn't feeling it. But then Rachel said, you know what? Just give it a try. Treat it as an experiment. So I said, right. Um, all right, I'll take up the challenge. She dared me to do a video a day for 30 days and see how it goes. And that's how suddenly uh, I found myself on TikTok, uh, which is my biggest platform today with like over 110,000 followers in a very, very short time. So many of you have asked me like about my journey. How did I manage to grow so fast? And I want to answer some of your questions today. So let's get to it. So first question, how do you come up with content ideas? And do you ever uh, feel like you may run out of content? Um, so no, I actually don't have that fear. And that is because I really believe in something that Gary Vaynerchuk, a very iconic social media personality, says is it's not about creating, it's about documenting. 
document your life. Don't think about it as, wow, I need to be a creator and come up with all of these like abstract ideas and concepts because that puts a lot of pressure on you. If you have this idea that I'm documenting my life and what goes on, you'll never run out of things to talk about as long as you're living. So one thing that helps is when I am doing a client-facing meeting or a coaching session, I'm already in that kind of state where I've just been speaking. I am probably with my makeup, my you know outfit on, looking professional. So my mentality is why waste it? Why not just capture what is going on and share some of the best tips or advice that I just literally shared with a coaching client or someone that I'm talking to or just e even an interesting observation about what's going on. Another thing I do is that I keep on my mobile phone and all my devices, iPad, desktop, um, I keep a file um, and I put down all of my interesting ideas into that particular note-taking app. So some that I've used in the past, I've used Evernote, I've used Obsidian as a note-taking app, and now I'm actually trying using Trello um, because it allows me to organize my workflow. Trello is a Kanban board where every time I have an idea that comes to me, I enter it as a card and you can organize these cards just like post-it so I can put cards in uh, the sort of working on folder. I can put the cards in, you know, the, the kind of uh, in progress and then move them over to the finish section when, it, when they're done. So I think having the discipline of capturing all these ideas immediately is so important. And each of us has our own way. Some people love voice memos. So when they're on the go, they take little voice memos and everything is captured there. I also think one thing that really helps me get creative is actually consuming content from a wide uh, variety of genres. I will watch videos from, uh, you know, about business, interviews with um, entrepreneurs. I will look at fashion blogs, wellness, uh, lifestyle blogs and vlogs. I will follow personalities with from sports to um, politics to uh, beauty. So architecture, interior design. So it really helps to have a wide variety of influences because I find that, you know, seeing how people film their content, uh, put things together, is so inspiring to me. I'm forever taking screenshots of YouTube videos, uh, of Instagram content that inspire me and like sending it to my Evernote uh, and, and capturing it there in my inspiration folder. Okay, next question. Question. What do you think makes a person successful on social media? So I would say that it's kind of half strategy and half authenticity. In the past, it used to be much more so about strategy, like um, what kind of keywords that you could use or the algorithm or understanding what times to post or, you know, looking at viral trends and all of that. So in the past, I, I would say it's more about kind of like catching the wave of a popular trend and doing something and riffing off that. But I would say increasingly today, it's more and more about consistency and authenticity. People want to know who you are. They want to hear your unique voice. Uh, and in a time where so many influences sound the same and you have chat GPT that's capable of writing scripts and doing so much, uh, you know, uh, aggregation um, that what really makes influences stand out is having a particular voice. 
So one thing that I recommend is that everyone come up with three adjectives that describe their voice, three words. It could be powerful, it could be humorous, it could be candid, it could be, you know, thoughtful, it could be introverted. It really doesn't matter because like whichever way you describe your voice, there's bound to be like a niche of people who resonate with you. So um, I thought long and hard about what my voice sounds like and I'm continually evolving it, but around a core idea. I always want to be insightful or smart. That's the kind of my first word. Um, the second thing I want to be is informal and frank uh, and funny. Uh, I guess those are three words, but it's around the same theme of like being like your bestie, kind of that informal attitude rather than a very stiff and proper, you know, kind of uh, feel. And then the third thing I want to be is inspirational um, or uh, in, a, in, a, in other words, profound. I want to provoke thoughts and go on a deeper level with people, even discuss things that uh, from a contrarian point of view. So, um, and hopefully give people the motivation to make transformational shifts in their lives. The other thing that's important about social media is that people can tell if you're enjoying it, if it's fun, and people can tell if it's just a chore to you. So in a way, you, you have to connect for what are you doing this for? Like, who are you trying to... Whose life are you trying to change from doing this? It helps to even think about like one person in your audience. You may not know who your audience is, like all the people who follow you, but if you think of one face of a person who follows you and tr make it seem as if like, you know, you are talking to that person. What is this person's, uh, what do they like? What turns them on? What turns them off? What kind of interests do they have? Where do they spend their time? Where do they hang out? If you get deeper into the psyche of your ideal um, listener and just pick one person to focus on you know it's uh, this sort of person that I want to help she's a 16 year old female student who is interested in learning how to be more productive and study harder in a more effective way for example right it really helps you um, speak to that audience and uh, it feels as if you are helping someone solve their issues that they're particularly passionate about. So getting clear about who your audience is, connecting to your passion, also having energy in how you deliver things, I think is really important. And that you, you can't fake that energy. There's something that lights up in people when they talk about something that they're really passionate about. You can see it in their eyes. You can see it in their body language. They sit a little bit more forward. And I think it's about trying to figure out for you what is that subject that you can talk about that you're so passionate about and who are you doing it for? Okay, the next question is how do I deal with haters? Okay, this part was not easy at all. When I started off on TikTok, it was an algorithm that is constantly putting you in front of new people. Unlike LinkedIn or Instagram, where you're shown to people who follow you, who tend to be like from your community and therefore nicer to you, the TikTok algorithm is 
always putting you in front of a completely fresh group of people. It could be a nine-year-old boy. It could be a 60-year-old grandma. And therefore, the kind of comments that you get sometimes are a lot more random and sometimes a lot more, you know, sometimes hostile than the other platforms that I'm used to being on. So when I first started, I would read through all of these comments and some of them really were quite personal. They would ask me like, oh, why do you speak in this like fake accent that is like so Western? And uh, why can't you speak like Singaporean like that? So, and some some people would say when I spoke in a more colloquial accent, they would be like, hey, I can't understand you. You know, why are you speaking in such an odd way? It's like, I can't, can you speak proper English? You know, so it's like you can't win. You can't try to please every single person all of the time. You just have to take a stance and uh, think about the niche that you're trying to focus on and be authentic. I mean, for me, one thing that was interesting, I didn't realize so many people had opinions about my accent and my voice. Um, as a Singaporean, I think we can all code switch. La. I mean, one minute we're talking like this, if I'm talking to another Singaporean, then the next time, next minute I'm talking to my husband, who's obviously German, and he wouldn't be able to understand me if I speak in an extremely colloquial way, like, wow, you know, today, uh, he will literally not be able to understand me. And the other thing is that, like, I think a lot of people who are confused about accents, they normally lead lives in which, you know, they belong to a same community, a same context for a very long time, whereas I've lived all around the world. Um, I had multi- uh, racial relationships, which is another thing that people find controversial. There are a lot of strange people out there uh, on TikTok who are like, you should be with a Chinese person. And I'm like, wow, there's so many different kinds of people in the world. Why would we just confine ourselves to a particular demographic and be like a frog that's living at the bottom of a well, only like mixing around with people exactly like us? So one thing that really helps me is to think of this saying, you can be the juiciest, most luscious peach in the world, but there's always going to be someone that says, I'm allergic to peaches. You are not for everyone, and that's okay. Every time I get a hate comment or something like that, I just think, well, I'm not for you, and that's okay. Not everyone needs to be for everyone. Another helpful practical tip is on TikTok and a lot of social media platforms, you can actually moderate comments. So on TikTok, you can turn on this feature, which allows all of the comments not to go directly to be posted on your videos, but they actually held in a space for you to approve or delete or sometimes even block that person. So um, it makes me feel a lot more secure that people won't be just accessing my videos and then leaving all these hate on my walls. It means that uh, I do have to put a little bit more time because every day I do get hundreds of comments and I have to find like five minutes to go through all of the comments and like approve, delete, approve, approve, approve sort of thing. But it gives me that peace of mind. So whatever you need to do that makes you feel safe on social media, go for it. Next question, what gives me the motivation to keep on creating on social media? So I want to talk a little bit about um, how passionate I am about thought leadership and social capital. So when I was working in investment banking, I was in sales 
And I was also always on the sell side. Sell side means that you are constantly selling products, deals, ideas to clients. And even though I'm, I was very good at persuasion and selling, I honestly didn't like it. And why I love social media is because having this platform has given me the opportunity to create a reputation and thought leadership, whereby now I have a whole line of people and corporates who are lining up to work with me. I don't have to go out and sell and cold call and ask people to buy my product. I simply create content and talk about what I'm passionate about and teach people certain skills. And each one of these pieces of content is like a little homing beacon. Even when I'm sleeping, each one of these hundreds of pieces of content is like beep, beep. It's like a magnet, like drawing people's eyeballs. And then when I wake up in the morning, my inbox is full of people who are like, oh, I just watched your video on giving feedback. Can you come and run a workshop for my team? Or I'm from, from uh, this company. Uh, can you come and do public speaking on uh, the same subject as you did in this reel that I just watch. So I really love that aspect of not having to worry about where my next uh, deal or paycheck is going to come from. It brings me so much more security and also so much fun. Uh, I think it also engages my creativity. So some of you have asked me also whether I'm going to launch a course on thought leadership and social capital. And the answer is yes. Uh, but I haven't quite figured out all the details yet. Hopefully by the time you're watching this video, I will and all the details will be in the link below. Um, but what I want to do is in my upcoming course on thought leadership and social capital, I want to really help you elevate your reputation, develop a reputation and a professional brand. And it means that whether you're working as a professional in a corporate or whether you're an entrepreneur or even like a coach. I want to share all of the tips and the advice that I've learned over the years about how to create this thought leadership, how to position yourself as a person, a go-to person, an expert, um, somebody who's an authority in your field. And I have a philosophy it's the five P's um, and what these P's stand for are number one, how to develop your personality, your voice, your personal um, sort of uh, branding. And the second P is about people. Who are you going to collaborate with? Just like I spoke about me collaborating with Rachel to expand my reach. I also have collaborated with many successful uh, social media influencers and figureheads like people like Tian Hao, who is like 6 million uh, subscribers on YouTube, uh, Juliana Chan, uh, through her Science of Work podcast. And even uh, last week, I was filming with uh, president of Microsoft Asia, Ahmed, on his own podcast. The second pillar is who are the people that you can do collabs with that will help you expand your reach, your influence, and your social capital. The third P is about platforms. What kind of platforms are you going to be on, whether it's LinkedIn, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, or X, um, social media, you know, Instagram. Choose your platforms wisely. And also not all social media platforms, uh, but have some types of platforms that 
are controlled by you where no social media platform can just like ban you and remove uh, access to to that sort of uh, community that you've built out so for example having your own newsletter where you own the the email list of like everyone uh, who signs up and you can communicate directly with them without any social media platform being on the way I think that's really important as well having some sort of uh, platform whether it's your website your blog your newsletter where you can directly access your following the next p is publishing and this is where you create thought leadership by putting out long-form content whether it's a book like my third time reprinted national bestseller deep human um or whether it's articles, commentary pieces in uh, the newspaper, uh, whether it's LinkedIn articles, for example. Um, This publishing piece is super important because it allows people to actually access your ideas in longer form, go deeper into the concepts that you talk about. And it also gives you that gravitas and that credibility that you are published somewhere. Um, so uh, I always say that this book uh, is a little bit like a 300-page brochure for my business. You know how it is when you give people a name card and most of name cards get thrown away. They just go straight into the bin. But if you give someone a book, people's eyes light up. My clients are like, oh my God, you bought a book. We sign it for them. We present it to the CEO and they put it in their bookcase in the office. Other people see it. They ask about it. They, you know, read it on the airplane. And it's just such a powerful way of making an impression in people's minds and also creating that uh, uh, ability to price yourself and your products in a different range because with a book, now you are an authority, you are a thought leader, and you're not just one of the many, many vendors or trainers or influencers out there. Okay, finally, the last P is about PR. And this is a little bit more old school. When I first started being an entrepreneur, the uh, people told me you have to hire a PR uh, agent. You have to make sure that you are in magazine articles, you're in the newspapers, you're doing all this PR all the time and people are featuring you. These days, I would say it's less important, but it still has a place Um, because like now with social media, with the kind of eyeballs and the reach that I'm getting, one video on TikTok or Instagram that I put up uh, could be 4 million views. It could be 2 million views on TikTok. Uh, So, you know, it, we are not so dependent now on being in a magazine or a newspaper to get people to look at us and understand more about what we're doing. However, PR is also important because like, you know, uh, I was in Prestige magazine, for example, as uh, one of the women in the Women of Power 2023 list of change makers. And uh, after that, photo shoot and that feature and, and that gala event that they had, I did have a lot of people reach out to me after that event who were change makers themselves, part of that community who had read the magazine article and wanted to do collaborations with me. And uh, so I think that's still important. And it's always nice to have those articles framed or on your website um, collected just to give you a little bit more credibility. And it's also really important if you are trying to get your Instagram account verified, um, 
you know, when you see that blue tick beside your Instagram account, it means that Instagram, um, you can apply for verification. It means that you, uh, they've given you this particular status as uh, somebody who's uh, authentically representing that brand. So I found that PR was actually really helpful with my verification process. If you're thinking about getting that blue tick on Instagram that says that you're a genuine uh, personality representing a particular brand or a particular public figure, getting those articles or interviews in the mainstream media, in reputable publications, magazines, newspapers is really important uh, for getting verified. So those are the five Ps, personality, um, people, platforms, publishing, and PR. And in my course, upcoming course, I will be delving deeper into techniques, particularly uh, in terms of uh, platforms, what kind of content works, how you can uh, resonate more with your audience, understanding how to find your voice, this sort of stuff. And I hope to be sharing all of that with you very shortly. So stay tuned and look forward to having all of you join me in more advent for more adventures in the social media world. And uh, this is such a great community we've built. I feel super grateful every single day when I wake up and I see all of your DMs. I feel so privileged and so proud of this safe and non-judgmental, encouraging, motivating space that we've created in the online world. So see you next time. This has been Crystal with Comfort and Growth.